Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Today, we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest serves as Professor and Vice Chair of Pharmacy Practice at Lipscomb University, Cam Nola. Cam received her PharmD and Master's of Science from the University of Tennessee before completing a community pharmacy residency with the VA in Memphis. Her background includes pharmacoeconomics and outcomes research within the pharmaceutical industry. Cam, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps and tell us a bit more about your personal life. Sure. I am a native Tennessean. I grew up in Middle Tennessee. I live in Nashville with my husband, Chris, and two kids, Nick and Phoebe. I have a, Nick is a rising junior and Phoebe is a rising eighth grader. So we are a little busy. We, um, I'm also considered a dance mom and a hockey mom. You stay busy, I am sure. Um, so Cam, you've had a real passion for rheumatology and arthritis and have even served as president on the National Association, the American College of Rheumatology. So how did you develop that passion for rheumatology in particular, and could you tell us a little bit more about your journey to a national leadership position? Sure, I'd be happy to. You know, rheumatology was never on my radar screen as a pharmacy student or as a resident. Uh, In my family, there's a, a history of osteoarthritis, but it really wasn't something that we talked about or or really did much with. Um, My mother was a nurse and uh, worked mostly in nursing homes, and she uh, remembered her taking me as a small child and um, uh, visiting with a woman who had rheumatoid arthritis, and that was probably my first exposure. After my brother was born, my mom was diagnosed with RA. However, um, Either she was one of those rare, extremely rare people who went into spontaneous remission or she um, was misdiagnosed. She does have severe, mostly erosive osteoarthritis now. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. I um, was teaching at Mercer University School of Pharmacy in Atlanta and uh, newlywed. We wanted to get back to Nashville and there were no colleges of pharmacy at that time. And so I took a job with a small biotech company called Immunex. And Immunex had a product that had not even been approved yet for rheumatoid arthritis. And being a community pharmacist at heart, I thought I had gone to the dark side, Uh, had a lot of conversations with mentors about that, um, the role, and actually the people that I worked with at Immunex were very academic in nature. They were uh, medical scientists. They, uh, I knew the scientists who actually developed um, the, um, the gene sequence and the protein tannercept, 
and so was on board when the drug Embril was approved. And at that time, it was uh, over 20 years um, since a new drug had been approved for rheumatoid arthritis, and it drastically changed patients' lives. It was an amazing experience to see and to hear from patients um, what those changes meant to them. It, um, uh, the whole TNF era, if you will, in RA changed things in a very good way for rheumatology. My husband and I volunteered uh, at a kids' camp. This was before we even had kids. And that JIA, or Juvenile Idiopathic Arthritis Camp, forever changed our family. And we made a commitment that um, all things arthritis would be our family philanthropy. And uh, we have stuck with that since then. And regardless of where I have practiced or worked, uh, that commitment has always been there. And being a pharmacist and being someone who... Uh, has a passion for advocacy, uh, for access and reimbursement, um, really making sure that patients get what they need, uh, really helped me uh, within the College of Rheumatology. I left industry uh, several years ago and at that time became involved as an advocate for arthritis, um, not only with their American College of Rheumatology, but also the Arthritis Foundation. That was recognized within the ACR and um, began to assume additional roles and really basically moved my way up into the role of president. And it was the first time a a pharmacist had been in that role as president of the Association of Rheumatology Health Professionals. So I worked with social work, nursing, PT, OT, uh, not just in the U.S., but all across the world. We worked with the European Union League Against Rheumatism. Uh, So it really was an amazing experience to have that opportunity to serve the ACR. That is truly impressive, and I love that uh, you've had personal experiences, um, you know, from your family that you know, we often see that personal experiences may affect uh, our career paths. And uh, what a, an amazing thing that uh, your family really adopted rheumatology as a, a philanthropy. I love that. It's your family philanthropy. Um, and you've, you've certainly made a big impact in that space. And, and I love kind of hearing that journey. Um, so, Cam, you're currently uh, Vice Chair of Pharmacy Practice with Lipscomb. Can you tell us a little bit more about your current role and what are some of the skills that you have that have lent itself well to your current role? Well, currently, I would say my biggest role as Vice Chair and Professor at Lipscomb has to do with curriculum. And, and I would say that has been the case along my career um, from training uh, people within the pharmaceutical biotech industry to training and educating pharmacists through continuing education programs. So it's a, definitely a natural fit uh, with that teacher role in me uh, to work with students uh, and to make sure that what we deliver at Lipscomb is 
where we are going as a profession. So looking forward, uh, looking at the role of health information technology, looking at the role of what I would call big data. He who, I always say he who has the data wins and uh, making sure students understand the that concept as it relates especially to payment reimbursement regardless of where they wind up practicing uh, I would say I would my my message to students in particular and currently practicing pharmacists are that there are more opportunities out in pharmacy than you can ever imagine and it really has to do with what are your passions what are your talents and identifying those and being willing to try some things that may be a little uncomfortable or outside your skill, or not skill set, but outside of your um, thought process. I love to open doors. I'm a connector by nature, um, making sure that folks know who has similar interests as them, uh, making introductions, I would say. Also, Uh, a little bit of vision in the sense of uh, that thought process of um, a student can give me a set of characteristics of something they would like to do and I oh you know I can see that job potential for them uh, usually pretty easily and a lot of that may be due to particular interests or talents that they have personality, that kind of thing. So I really am a listener, a learner, um, an advocate, a connector. Those would probably be uh, the adjectives I would describe for myself. Um, We talk in pharmacy education about students being self-aware and I'm looking at two students across the room right now, and uh, knowing who you are and what you're passionate about, I think will lead to your success. As long as you stay true to those commitments um, uh, and characteristics, you will do well. That's some some great tips for students out there to be self-aware, to follow their passion, and I completely agree with your skill sets, Cam, uh, that, that you are, have a true gift in uh, helping to make those connections and kind of getting those dots connected. You've, uh, you know, been able to help introduce me as kind of a newer uh, pharmacist in the Nashville area to several really great uh, pharmacists here in the Middle Tennessee area that have really opened some great doors uh, through, you know, Brad Tice, who is now the president-elect at APHA, and many, many others. Uh, So you're just a true um, connector and and kind of uh, collaborator. Um, And so I think that that's that's great. You're always kind of um, seeing opportunities and connecting those dots. So it's a really great skill that you have. And Cam, you've had numerous leadership positions in pharmacy, including the, being the associate executive director and president of the Tennessee Pharmacists Association. Do you have a failure that you may have had along your career path and have any lessons learned that you might be able to share with our listeners? There are always failures along the way, and some of the things that come to mind, and it kind of goes with 
my um, teaching in the communication skills course at Lipscomb, as a uh, junior pharmacist, uh, new into practice, uh, learning to hear the words that come out of myself out of my mouth are extremely important. Uh, there were times where, um, for example, I was a new medical science liaison talking to a physician about um, a tannercept at the time, and um, this particular physician made a comment that he would refuse to talk to his patients very bluntly about this particular drug or any other new options. And what slipped out of my mouth was, that's so sad. (laughs) And I meant it on behalf of the patient. And, you know, know, if a patient's not at least given information to make a shared decision on their health care, it really hurts me as a healthcare professional. And uh, unfortunately, that physician felt that I was being disrespectful. And so um, I learned a, a good lesson there in to watch my mouth and to really pay attention to the words that come out of, of my mouth. As far as failure goes, I would say there have been some choices that I've made that have um, uh, not been bad choices, but not ideal for who I am. And I've learned that relatively quickly uh, in the course of those particular positions. Uh, one in particular, I knew the first week that the, the position was not for me. And um, I gave it a good year to see if there was something that um, I was missing or didn't understand uh, had not been exposed to yet, um, but after that year period, uh, I made the decision to move on. So I, I don't like to look at things as failures, but opportunities as, okay, you've tried something, this didn't fit you or your principles or who you are, it's time to do something different. I think that's one thing that we need pharmacists to really think about uh, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, there are plenty of opportunities out there. And um, anyone, I would say, at the colleges of pharmacy would be willing to talk to you and, and really help you think through what what is a good fit for you, what is out there if you're wanting to make a change. Thank you for sharing a little bit about that. And and I agree that communication is so critical. We're communicating with patients on a daily basis and with others within the healthcare field and, uh, you know, honing in on those communication skills um, is so critical. It's definitely a great uh, lesson to share with um, other pharmacists out there. So you've, you've obviously had a lot of successes in your career. Uh, what are some of the takeaways from some of those successes, and, and what do you think helped contribute to that success? Um, easy answer would be the successes seen with patients, and I was trained to take care of patients one-on-one. It was all about clinical pharmacy. It was that one-on-one relationship. And soon after um, 
moving out of clinical practice, I came to understand for me to be able to impact patients' lives, I had to take a population-based approach. And doing that through rheumatology, doing that through the profession, it's always about the patient. And keeping that as the center of what you do, I think, is extremely important. So um, I I would say, yeah, stay, again, kind of staying true to what you're passionate about. Um, One of those successes that just came to mind was developing a uh, state arthritis action plan for Tennessee. And so we... We being the Arthritis Foundation, the Department of Health, the CDC, all came together with other partners across the state to uh, expose and provide access to patients with arthritis in all 95 counties. Uh, And those um, programs actually were to reduce pain, reduce unnecessary doctor's visits, so was extremely successful. And it showed the power of partnership. It showed the power of engagement, of um, being able to impact lives that way. I love that. You're following your skills and your strengths, and um, you are such a great uh, relationship builder and kind of can see uh, or able to connect the dots. And so I think that of taking that approach of a population-based impact has really suited you well and has obviously helped the state of Tennessee and others all across the country uh, benefit from some of the uh, plans and some of the the changes that you've helped to implement. So you're in a college of pharmacy uh, and of course we know that healthcare is constantly changing. How do you stay current with what's going on in healthcare and more specifically within the pharmacy field? Man, is it tough. (laughs) You know, uh, it is a daily process. Every single day I'm reading uh, news items that come across. I'm looking at uh, journals. Um, My biggest interest at the moment has to do with uh, healthcare access, so the Affordable Care Act, what's going on in Congress right now. Um, so I'm very attuned to are we going to have a vote uh, in the next day or so. So in order to teach my students or provide them a pathway to uh, lifelong learning, I've got to stay on top of my chosen areas of expertise. Now, with that, I also have to understand where my um, expertise does not lie. So, I am not an expert in uh, congestive heart failure or um, uh, kidney disease, for example. It doesn't mean that as a pharmacist, I couldn't be. I know that I could always do that uh, additional education training to get up to speed in those areas. So that is, I think, a blessing of, of who we are as healthcare professionals, that we can do whatever we set our mind to. Um, but, yeah, being on top, um, pursuing additional education and information, and it has to be a constant, especially for a professor. Absolutely. And, you know, one of your skills is, is being a learner and having that, that passion for lifelong learning. 
Uh, I think that really helps uh, leaders. And, you know, clearly you are a leader in the pharmacy field. So what are some of the things that excite you about the future of pharmacy? I think the most exciting thing for me has to do with the opportunities for students and what I see them doing in the next 5, 10, 20 years. Their capacity and ability to change healthcare is uh, limited only by their imagination and their drive and commitment. So uh, I envision new areas of practice. I see them practicing both, you know, kind of that patient level as well as that population-based level, um, being decision makers. I see them advancing research in uh, the basic sciences as well as practice-based research, um, policy research. Uh, so for me, the sky's the limit for students, and I hope they know that. And it's it's not just for students. It really is for the profession. We are at a time where collaborative practice actually exists. Uh, we're at a time where more and more pharmacists are being recognized as providers. That's tremendous, uh, and I expect that to continue in the future. Well, Cam, it is so important to grow the next generation of pharmacists and pharmacy leaders and uh, all this, the students at Lipscomb are certainly uh, blessed that you are there and, and to have such great faculty members um, there to help prepare them for all of the exciting things to come. So as our final question, uh, could you share some advice that you would tell your younger self and for pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? You know, um, I have no regrets um, over the course of my life, really. I do have lessons <laughs> I wish I had learned earlier. Uh, probably that being to stay true to yourself. Um, going into pharmacy school and, and coming out of pharmacy school was a an age where I was still trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted and what I stood for. Um, be easy on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. I would say be patient. Uh, that is not a natural characteristic uh, for me. And it's okay to fail. Uh, if, if you don't do something that you like, that's okay. That is something that you've learned and something that you can take forward and, and benefit from in the future. Um, go easy on yourself, youngster, would be my message. Well, that that's going to be so helpful for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started because we do put so much pressure on ourselves and, you know, knowing that it's okay to fail and, you know, maybe your first job isn't um, exactly what, you thought you were going to be doing, but um, staying true to yourself and following your passions uh, will get you to where you want to be and will allow you to make the biggest impact that you can. Um, so, Kim, thank you so much for spending some time with us, and we are so delighted that you could be a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 